Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Johnny, will my laptop get heavier if I put more files on it? (laughs) So, I want to say, like, that's a stupid question. But I don't know. I thought you were going to go, I want to say that's a stupid question. But that's a stupid question. Well, so... There's just no way for it to get heavier, is there? There's nothing that can happen unless things are being... Like, I'm sure if you were to weigh it on a very, very sensitive scale, would there be no change at all? With a full hard drive versus an empty hard drive, zero zero change. Yeah. How, how does that work? Do you understand how that works? Something to do with... Magnetic, like little magnets moving around on a on a board. If anyone knows, is listening and thinks, it's one of those things where you're like, that's a stupid question. But then when you actually sit and think about it, you're like, okay, if I have a terabyte of information on my computer versus zero information on my computer, and it weighs the same, seems odd, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Would you rather be on death row? Is the sound all right? You, you're looking concerned. I was having sound issues. For some reason, it just plays at maximum volume, no matter what you do with the volume key. It's just like, ah, no, zoom does do that. Would you rather be on death row for a crime you didn't commit and the most important person in your life is free, but they committed the crime? Or be free, but the most important person in your life is on death row for the crime that you committed? Ooh. So would you rather fall on your sword for someone or take take the blame? Or put your sword in someone else. <laughs> I'd like to have the discussion first. Depends how long. <laughs> so I, I would base this on what's, what's the expected life of the two people. So if it's someone, if it's a mate who has got 10 years left to live, then... Like, come on, mate. Like, you know, don't be unreasonable. Well, yeah, you'd you'd maybe like, I'd, I'd exchange. I'd be like, well, I'll give you my laptop, and then we'll we'll sort something out. I'll give you my laptop. I love how that's the thing. <laughs> you need like I need to get my affairs in order, so I need to make sure he's got all my logins. He's got the charging cable. <laughs> in in fact, it might be maybe that's the ultimate business decision. I you know what? I'd take the jail. Because I'll, I'll give them my laptop and my logins, and then I've outsourced my entire life. But you're on all death I, row. Well, all I have to do is sit on death row. I've got nothing to do. I, if you've listened to the previous episode, you'll know that free time is the truest form of wealth. Yeah. Would you rather be surrounded by people who brag all the time or by people who complain all the time? <laughs> so that's the difference between being on Twitter and being on... LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> is, oh, hold on. Is Twitter... Uh, Twitter in my head's very complainy. So in, in my experience, it's people bragging, like giving it the big in about things that they haven't actually done. So people with like a stoic philosopher as their profile picture, talking about their 300 kilo deadlift and 55 right, girlfriends okay. and Lamborghini, and then there's no evidence of it. Final one. Would you rather be a strawberry with human thoughts or a human with strawberry thoughts? Oh, that's difficult. Um, human with strawberry thoughts. Is that because, like, the strawberry doesn't have a sense of self? Yeah. 
and just the, the lifespan of being a strawberry and being potentially eaten and having all the suffering associated with being eaten. <laughs> but not being able to express yourself because you're, you're a strawberry. <laughs> So you're assuming that the strawberry every day is just sat there going, fucking hell, I'm going to get eaten today. Like today's, today's the day. Like sat rolling around in a punnet in the fridge. There's a film called Sausage Party. Have you ever seen it? No, I've heard is of it, it. Is it called Sausage Party? It's meant to be like not safe for... Uh, uh, it's Not so, a children's film. So it starts off, it is called Sausage Party. It starts off so mundane and and like you know like very sort of low level humor but the final 10 minutes of the film is the hardest i've ever laughed in the cinema <laughs> by by a massive margin it is one of the best choreographed things i've ever seen wow okay so we'll, we'll leave that it's a real crescendo then it, it, i mean it's weird it's a weird film and you're right it is it's very uh there's a lot of innuendo that it's, and it's definitely not safe for work and I wouldn't watch it with people under 18 <laughs> wow. or under 16 under 16 because the, the trailer makes it look very Pixar so that I think it lures you into that yeah it looks like a Toy Story kind of offshoot but it is not that there's a recent one called Souls which I've not seen but apparently it's a well it is a Pixar film but it's it actually is quite existentially heavy like these, souls. these cute so this guy falls down a manhole and dies and he enters the the realm of souls and they're all cute little like blue sort of casper the friendly ghost looking things right but actually it's like it goes deep into like the meaning of consciousness and and all this stuff but and it's a pixar up in it. film yeah that's that's really similar to when we were working nine to five jobs trying to build propane fitness in the evenings exactly like almost that. exactly the same because you fell down the hole with the blue <laughs> and i had to reevaluate my meaning of life and exactly yeah so what's your what's the fit when i say to you propane fitness 2011 what's the first thing you think of a standard issue wordpress template it was blue blue and green yeah purple flame it had widgets on the side, purple flame, and, oh, yeah. and would occasionally film ourselves like doing a set of overhead press and upload it to YouTube and be like, oh, this is going to go viral. So I th didn't, did some of the videos of us doing li like various lifts, didn't they? They didn't go viral, but like they kind of nearly went viral. One of they? yours actually did. Accident it, it, the stuff that goes viral for us is always accidental, and it's so annoying because it's the stuff that you'd never really want to. So um, it was Johnny's ten months on five three one result. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and it's just loads of comments. I thought you were going to refer to something else. Sleeping on the floor. No. So there's there's an even older video, which is the first time I deadlifted two sixty, and four is it four chan? Yeah, they got hold got, of it. Got hold of it, and for about a week and a half. Things went mental in propane. That, I think that's the fastest YouTube growth we've ever seen because, the well, like by by percentage, mm -hmm. we had five hundred subscribers and we, it went up to like twelve hundred within a week, and it was all like gay for pay type stuff, and we got loads of. So I think someone on 4chan must have shared it on. They did hotteenmusclehunks dot com. That was it. That was it. We were yeah, yeah, and. I, you can see it on our like YouTube timeline, this like flat line, and then it goes vertical for like a week and a half, and then back down to where it was again. It continues there for six years. <laughs> we got some, yeah, we got some weird requests on there. Um, yeah, asking about like, oh, can you put up more videos of you guys wrestling with oil? And do you remember when someone offered to send us Amazon vouchers for supplements if we sent them videos of you and I rolling around in oil wrestling each other? They wanted stomach punching as well stomach punching now is that is that, is that like literally stomach punching or is, is that does that mean something else no I'm, well no, I, as far as not I know, you're aware of no very I interesting have, alex, alex made fun of me the other day so i'm very conscious of like not being very down with the kids 
the, something about getting snatched. So people helping people get get snatched, getting snatched. And apparently that means like... Thrown sling. overhead in, a, in an overhead. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, because you want to be externally rotated at the catch. And, but he was like, no, no, apparently that means like slim-waisted. And accused me of not being a millennial, which I, I don't think I am, am I? But So snatched is something that happens to you. And you I think like if, so if you were to become svelte and uh, trim, then one would say one would describe that as, as getting snatched. I believe. Let me. Uh, okay. Unless I'm just wrong about this as well, and Alex is doing like a double. I think someone needs to collate an index of terms like hench, buff, okay. swole. So snatched is the new fleek. Um. It's used to describe anything that looks really good or on point. Anything from your eyebrows to your outfit can be snatched. The sign. I would argue old. that snatching eyebrows. There's no. There's just not enough load. Is there? It's too light. Yeah, I think the sign that you're getting old is that there's now two or three layers of new lingo that even yeah. like the generation younger than us, I think that they they haven't heard of it either. Goodness, I guess the point where like you ask the young person who's like your contact to the trendy world and they've not heard of it you're like right now I'm fully on my own because like, they've I'm... just got married and, like <laughs> got a dog and stuff and you're like oh shit but then you remember that all the people who are saying these words don't really have any kind of impact on your life anyway generally just, speaking they're just sat around being offended by stuff on the internet so these days yeah so there anyway, we go. So, so, so uh, my memory of propit. So there's two phases that I remember. One of them is like final year of uni, which was like 2011, and then first year of work, which was 2012. I think you were. Was that same for you? When did you start work? 2012. 2012. We probably started at exactly the same time because it was like all the period. There was a period of time when we were both in our final year of uni. You were like, I remember you came to York, and we both tried. Um, Z12 sleep supplement. Do you remember from Biotest? And then you realised afterwards that it actually has like Fenibut or something in. It's actually way way stronger than we thought. Yeah, it is. And it's, it was like we were filming. You're right. Like we were filming sets and sessions and thinking, oh, this is like we're, this is we're really making progress here. We're filming loads of training. The, the, the irony is like with the same inputs that we have now, which are producing incremental growth back then would have <clears throat> would have absolutely flown because the rules of the game were so different like this is back in the day when you could spend five pound on facebook ads to boost a post and get big results from it like you could rank on the first page of google for a standard article that was called like what is hypertrophy like really yeah basic stuff and was now no. you're hiring agencies with data scientists and just to move like onto the sixth page of google like it's <laughs> well so yeah i mean i suppose the like where people folk what people are focusing on and where they're focusing their time has shifted quite a bit but i think there's probably there, there are the same areas of opportunity they're just different um like you probably didn't need to run ads at that time because you would get enough organic reach on social media and facebook because facebook was still pretty new and i, I feel like instagram may have existed but it was no like facebook hadn't bought it yet so it's a different landscape youtube the, the quality of the videos on youtube and like the quality of the podcast we were putting out so we interviewed john Kiefer from car backloading it took remember, us ages to get the interview arranged because we had to get someone to get a piece of string long enough to go across the atlantic and then we had to plug that into our um plastic cups and then you know we were the like, okay. like uh Okay, welcome to the Propane Fitness Podcast. I'm Johnny from Propane Fitness. Pause. And I'm Yusuf from Propane Fitness. Pause. And we are here with the founder of Carb Backloading. Do you want to say hi, John? Um, hello? <laughs> I mean, really bad. Really bad. But, like, people listen to it because the, stat, the, like, the, the bar was so low at that point that you could get away with anything. <laughs> You really could. People were like, oh my God, like that. Podcasts. But I think because people uh, were like sat there with a notebook, like ready to hear the next insight. It's very much like the history of um, when the guru would come down from the mountain and the people from the village would come up and, and he would say like one word. He would say, focus on the tip 
of the nose and then go up to the top of the mountain again and everyone like scarpers away and like does that for 10 years because that's like this the scrap of information that they get whereas now abundance of information it becomes cheap no one implements and that's on the tip of the nose for a day and then decide that there's a better method they look for the new yeah accelerator program so I i feel like at the time we most of our time was spent basically thinking that the way we were going to grow the business was by kind of acquiring more knowledge. Like I can, I can specifically remember looking up uh, sort of the most advanced information I could find about like how insulin worked. Cause I remember that was a big point of confusion for us at the time and sort of how, how to manage carbohydrates for, for training. And I felt like if we cracked that, and made the propane protocol this perfect thing, suddenly everybody would start working with us. So true. Like thinking that the, the next frontier of growing your business is about fully understanding C-peptide and its interaction with insulin and the like fractional synthetic rate of leucine and mm. GLUT4 translocation. And, and like, oh, if I just can nail that, then that's the secret to growing your business. How wrong we were. Well, I think we also had very low expectations for it, didn't we? So I don't think either of us, when we started, thought for a second that it would be something that we would ever rely on as as an income. Or I, I, so I, I can I can clearly remember actually walking along the quayside in Newcastle talking to someone, and he was like, "How's that website going?" And I was like, "Well, we now have four thousand pounds in the bank account," and it had taken us like it had taken us a long time to generate the four thousand pounds, but they just could not fathom how we'd accumulated £4,000. Because as far as they could see, it was a green website with a purple flame that we occasionally posted like text-based interviews with like Nate Green and Jim Wender and the image was really off-center. And the, the embedded YouTube video was way wider than the rest of the text and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so like for us to have for us to have £4,000 in a bank account, they were like... But I, it wasn't the focus, was it? It was just this incidental thing that like we just accumulated some cash in the business. It was nice. But that wasn't why we were really doing it. Yeah. So there's a there's a bit of background as to the place that we were in when we were working nine to five jobs and, and quit. But we wanted to go through how to do it yourself, because I think this is something that we've probably not covered directly in the previous episodes. And we there haven't. are a set of challenges that working a nine to five job, whether it's in a gym or not, but we were kind of working in an office the though there's a set of challenges that that places on you that are quite different to if you were working from a blank slate and you have all the time you you can dedicate to setting something up online so we we finished there i've already spoken yeah cool (laughs) i didn't know whether it was a big pause before the before the big drop the big point so that i think basically the mistake we made if i were to summarize it was we like the the problem with anything like that especially the jobs we were working in so we were both doing like grad schemes out of university so there was the hours we were doing exams as well right professional exams yeah so the hours you were working and you were also applying to medical school as well the there's the hours you're working and then there's the kind of the extra work you're required to do around the hours you're working. And then I had like commutes to sort of, I, I would regularly have to drive like two hours to get to where I was going because I was doing audit. So you have very few hours really to devote to, to, to doing, to trying to make the business grow. And I think this is something that Menno mentioned when we chatted to him again, that like, if you are in a job that you don't like, you don't want to keep doing it. You need to make a plan. And I think our plan was basically busy work and i think like really we had kind of our bases covered so we didn't the business didn't need to make money at that point but we needed to set it up to make money in a year or two years so i think like when we both started i was at i was working as an accountant for about three and a half years and so we if i thought if i could speak to myself then i'd be like right you've got three years to set up a machine that in three years time is generating more than enough revenue the answer to that is not to go home and reply to 20 clients over email and write 
things manually and write articles. It's like, where's the, where can you apply your effort where it's asymmetric in terms of input output rather than linear? It's like one-to-one. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's a difference between making money now and making money in three years time or setting yourself up to make more money in three years time. And there is always, the unfortunate truth of it is that there is always going to be more energy required to overcome inertia, to to get something from zero to something functioning. You have to really like get that activation energy. And um, the same way as if you were to like, it's easier to push a car across the road um, that's already in motion than it is to get it started. And so when you're running a, when you're trying to do that alongside a full-time job, you're just going to have a boring life for a while because there are sacrifices that need to be made. And, you know, Menno was talking about this as well, about having 24 hours in a day. And it's not that there isn't enough time, but it's just that you are choosing wisely to have seven or eight hours of that sleeping. <laughs> you're, sp- you're choosing to have a few hours of that working, a few hours of that paying the bills if you're doing. And so everything is just a substitute. And when when we were in that couple of years of our lives, like I don't think either of us were having much fun, really. Um, yeah. and, you know, the, I think the sad truth of it is that there's nothing really that's going to be done in five minutes a week that's going to build a sustainable business that's going to allow you to quit your job. Um, so one of the, the big ways to get around this, and Tim Ferriss recommends this, is what can you do to optimize for time first? Um, rather than, you know, rather than just getting cash in the door and servicing loads of clients and not, not really growing your business and building a business where if you stop, then no more money comes in. Instead, say, okay, how can I, <clears throat> with the constraints that I have, create as much space and time as possible so that I can get my work done? And he recommends this by trying to convince your manager to work from home one day a week and then two days a week and and so on and then outsourcing your job to someone in the philippines which which is a bit <laughs> bit fringe eth- ethically yeah fringe <laughs> um but many jobs have part-time arrangements for example you could you could say like just take a small pay cut and work fewer days of the week and you'll more than make up for that time by having that by doing something as an online business with with that freed up time um it probably won't even be a let's say you you work 80 percent part-time which is what i'm doing as a doctor right now it's not actually an 80 percent uh drop in well it's not a 20 percent drop in pay it's probably 15 percent because of the way the tax works so you're not losing that much and i think a lot of people just don't value their time mm. and end up causing themselves a massive problem. Or I suppose they don't realise what could be done with the time. So I suppose we we both had a hint, didn't we, of like, I have this many clients paying this much a month and I like answer their questions in this many hours, so my time's worth this. And if you just work a job and someone kind of gives you an amount of money in your bank account every month at the end of it. You don't really, it's not like, well, you did this many hours, unless you're a contractor or something like that. You did this many hours, so it's this much revenue. It's like a salary, and that's what we were getting paid. And my hours would fluctuate loads. Um, but the there's, a, there's an idea that's thrown around quite a lot in like producti- online productivity world, which is <clears throat> you can very easily create an extra work day in your week by just finding one hour per day. So if all you do, if you do nothing else, be like, okay, each day I just need to optimize in some way to like make things a bit more efficient and find an hour. And I'm going to wake up an hour earlier and an hour before the rest of my life starts. I'm going to do an hour completely focused where I know exactly what I'm going to be doing on my online business. And I guess propane business is based around a similar assumption. So we talk about like 10 Pomodoros a week or like five hours a week of focus. The difference there is obviously none of that time has to be spent thinking like, well, what do I do? Because we've we've done all of that. It's like a roadmap of exactly what to do and when and how. Thinking what to do and also doing the wrong thing and wasting that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we probably spent, I think we probably spent the majority of the time doing the wrong things. And that's like the, when you look back at something like that, it's the same as when you look back at your training, isn't it? 
like you years of misdirected effort and you're like that was just a total it wasn't even fun it was just a waste of time so but, that that's that's the thing that i really wrestle with with when people are talking about like the price of because it's easy for us i suppose to say with like money in the business and to say i oh, just hire a coach obviously because that's how we approach things now but if your time's if your time if you have a lot of time and not very much money it's easy to think of it as it's too expensive to hire a coach but that's that you only think that because you don't you don't know how much can be generated money wise within an hour of your time if it was appropriately directed and it's it is to spend a year doing the wrong thing you firstly you never get the time back you can't as you say stockpile time yeah and and and, and i think this is the key point isn't it it's it's looking at time and money as a continuum and not as different things like they they really are just um exchangeable from yeah. one side to the other like obviously that you the liquidity is a bit difficult because you've got to find someone who can mm-hmm. you can buy that specific unit of time from like you know you need to find a cleaner who can do that thing or whatever but if you see them as interchangeable it allows you to make the decision of is hiring coach x within my budget or not and then the decision is not just how much what's the balance in my bank account if i open internet banking it's um how like how many hours do i have available how many hours could i work per month and what's the incoming and outgoings and and both in time and money and then you can say right now i've got a more complete decision as to is this decision in budget or not yeah and there's a there's a quote by um the guy who runs strategic coach which is like if you have the money to invest then you don't have if you have the money to solve a problem then you don't have the problem or something like that you know this idea that you think you have so we, we had back back then we had three years to build prepping fitness and what we decided to do was basically just like fumble our way through that three years and only in probably the last i think it was only when the like the fire was really lit we were sat in david lloyd cafe and i said to you i'm i think i'm gonna quit and i'm gonna do this full time and i want to be earning a salary it was like february 2016 and that was like right oh god we need to yeah we need and, to do something yeah and at um, that point we hired a coach we, we, we were always hiring coaches that i think probably hired a, a new one every two years that's yeah. probably about right um and the decision to do that when you were like right i'm gonna make this full time comes from a different place because then it's like how can i get the money to do this and it eliminates one of the other major objections that people have and i think it's an unconscious objection i don't think people often articulate this or that they're not aware of this but it's because they'll say on the surface oh it's um it's out of my budget and you you know if you're listening to this and you're a you're a coach you'll have definitely seen this with people who don't want to improve their physique because they go oh it's too expensive and you know that they can afford it but really they're afraid because they know that once they put their money on the line and they fail, then they it's out in the open. And so they prefer to live in the world of possibility where they can be a dreamer and not have to face the consequences of that. And so I think that's something that's really important to look at in a you know in a quiet room on your own and say, is this factoring in my decision? Um I was reading this this morning, which is a book that George McGill got me, um, called The Courage to Be Disliked by Ichiro Kishimi and it's a book about Adler who is one of the contemporaries of Freud and he talks about this this whole process saying that um, people work people operate with with goals and that lifestyle is always a choice you know you've always got decisions as to how to behave but um, sometimes our previous experiences make us change our goals so it's not about past trauma impacting how we how we are but it's more that the past trauma has then said oh okay it's safer for me if i stay in my little cubby hole and and continue with my existing lifestyle even though it it's it means that i don't end up making any progress with my business or whatever but at least it it's safe here and so i'll construct the reality around me to not do those things because then i can i can be this dreamer like we all know someone who's like got big plans for a a tech business going to make the next social the next facebook or whatever but they never follow through yeah well i think like the 
I mean, probably any 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 excuse that's based around like I don't have time or I think it'd be better to start later this year or anything like that. Those are just protective mechanisms because like you do make time for plenty of things already. Like you make time to look at your phone. You make I know it's such glib advice, isn't it? But it's true. Like you make time to do lots of things. And it's the thing that you keep saying of like, you're always practicing something. You're always doing something. It's just, you're choosing to do things that aren't scary, I suppose. Um, yeah. So I, I suppose, so I mean, it, it, there's my, my screen time today. I've spent 32 minutes on my phone. Like mine will be worse than that. If at the start of the day, someone was like, Oh, do you want to spend 32 minutes just looking at your phone? I'm, I'm an hour and two minutes. And yet it just happens to us. So, to say I haven't got the time, like it, it's, it's about the, the decision. Do I want to sacrifice that? The there's like a something from Peep Show that we occasionally talk about, of like where Jez. If you've never seen Peep Show, two characters, Jez says to Mark, "Like, what would you do in this situation?" Mark goes, "I'm not. No, no I'm not answering that." And Jez is like, yeah, "But what would you, if you had to? If the men came with their guns and they made you?" It's like, and there's something that is called gun to gun to your head marketing. In, in business of like if you absolutely had to make this work you'd probably find a way and so what it boils down to so assuming you've got the right motivations in place assuming you're like i i really i think i i definitely got to the point where i was like i do not want to be here anymore i want to go and do something else suddenly that shifts your per- shifts your perspective and you're like okay i have to make this work then you're faced with well i have this many hours if i like, optimize things as much as i can in my life and i strip out all of the like doing things that I don't have to do and I'm going to make this work. I have this many hours. The only real mistake you can make at that point is doing the wrong stuff. And how do you know whether you're doing the wrong stuff? It's very difficult um, because you can even hire the wrong coach. Um, But I I do think if you're serious, trying to completely do it on your own, you have to be realistic that you're very unlikely to learn what it's taken someone else five years to learn in less time. Like it's probably going to take you five years too, unless you have an inherent advantage. So if you have five years, great. Otherwise, try and fast track that or get at least get some kind of like, this is a, the direction I'm going. This is the roadmap. These are the steps. These are the things I need to do, um, either from free information or, or something like that. But don't just wing it. Yeah. Because that, that's arguably worse. Like you're, you're better off watching films and playing Xbox and like, because at least you get something out of that, right? Have a nicer time. Yeah. And it, and you know, on that point, like this isn't a sales pitch for our coaching. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be us. And it also doesn't have to be expensive, you know, just following some framework and doing it properly. We spoke with Nick Walsh um, a few weeks ago who did the Prepping Business Program. And I think one of the, the big features in his success is just that he, he does the most with the minimum information. Like he, he takes something and he goes, right, I'm going to nail this and then moves on and kind of earns the right to move on to the next next thing rather than a mistake we made was we we thought we were really advanced and we'd try and like try all these fancy tactics and spread ourselves too thin and and it doesn't work and it's stressful and what's what's interesting about what you said johnny is like when you were when you made that switch in your head and you were like i've had enough of this job like i don't want to be here anymore sometimes a, a spur like that can be enough to knock all of your excuses out yeah and so all of the like meh, 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 in, in your head of like oh it's not the right whatever and um it's enough to say oh, actually and you see this with people who quit smoking you know sometimes people are admitted to hospital and i see like as soon as they've arrived like you can see the penny drop and they're like right and they throw out the cigarettes and they're like that's it i'm done mm-hmm. um the same with people losing weight like they some someone says something to them or they have a they have an experience that's like oh god i am fat and i'm disgusted with myself and and that's it like it's not a nice thing to have to have and you don't need it but it certainly knocks out the excuses and someone like tony robbins asks really uh probing questions and one of the things he does ask people is like how are you going to do this and people are i don't know and he's like well if you did know what would you do And then they have an answer. So it just shows that the answer's there, but it's clouded by the emotional crust of like fear and trepidation and all that stuff. Well, the, I can't remember who it is. It might have been the guy who wrote Sapiens. Do you know, what's his name again? Yuval Noah Harari. 
that's it. I think it was him was saying like, rather than, rather than trying to have like, rather than trying to like, Oh, I need to, uh, I'm going to practice deep work or I'm going to like try and get my screen time down or something like that. There is all like trying to change the existing software. It's like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to build my business, going to build my business. And then the excuses keep coming back in and you keep just basically treading water. If you just have like a software upgrade or like a perspective shift, all of that just is irrelevant straight away. Like, you know, you no longer have to sort of like, it's like, it's basically, I think the example he uses is like trying to smoke fewer cigarettes versus having a legit medical scare. It's like, if you, <laughs> if you go, if you go to the GP and they're like, you need a scan or you need, because of smoking, you'll probably not smoke again. And it's this, like all of the like little, I need to try and make a small change and what small steps and habit formation is irrelevant because now you have to. What, and you'll make that? it work. Um, the devil, the, uh, I, I can't remember what it's called, but if, face off with the devil. There we go. Where Tower you have up. like, your life is like a sine wave. If you're listening, a sine wave, like a, just, just a, just a smooth wave. up and down wave. And it hits ceilings and floors. And that, the ceilings and the floors are determined by what you deem acceptable. And so we have it with many, so for example, your bank account, like there's a high number where you're like, oh, I'm doing well. And then there's a low number where you start to panic. With the tidiness of your bedroom, like there's a there's a level where it's so untidy that you're like, no, I'm disgusted, I'm going to have to go do something about it. And same with so many processes, like you, how, how fat you are. Like you hit, there's a certain level. For me, it's like um, losing the bottom abs and I'm like... <laughs> Okay, that's like trigger warning number one, and then it's like, if 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 I'm completely abless, I'm like, okay, that's Something alarm right. bells now. So, anything like that, and um, just to expand on that, just quickly, yeah. it happens with it happens with what you think's possible as well. So, like, I, I think something that put me off putting more time into propane was I just didn't think there was any money in it. And I talk about this all the time where like there was, there was two occasions. Something one of them was the ceiling of like, Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, and then once you like, cause we will, uh, we have the same thing. I was talking about this, that we were talking about this recently where like we've had these scenarios where propane revenue will jump and then it stays like mystically at the same number for for a few months. And you're like, how can that, <laughs> how can that happen where it's, the inputs are different, but it's, it's still this. And it's basically and like new the, customers and old customers leaving. Yeah, and, but it, but it's still. How the hell does that happen? But yeah, so I, 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 I think the number's been like almost exactly the same as well. I know, I know. And it, it's you think there's some there must be something else at play here, and I'm convinced it's like you the thing that allows you to go from there to double that is something that you're scared of doing. It's like the net. It's the next thing that you're like, well, I should stop all of that or I should turn all of this off, or I should double this, or, or something like that. It always has been. I, th I think for us, it was, um, for us this year, it was outreach and speaking to people. Um, content. Probably, what's that? Content. content. Yeah, yeah, like just doing high-frequency content. This year, it's probably hiring. I think that's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're afraid of next. <clears throat> and I know that in a year's time, we'll be talking about the 2022 laws, and we'll be like, ah, oh, we just need to, we just need to like, hire as many people as possible um and so well, so hold on what we're saying so the, the up and down, oh yeah so two events one was hearing john romanello talk about and we spoke about this when we spoke to him on this podcast he mentioned how he'd done like a couple of million in a launch of a fitness product and i was like what like what the hell i can remember where i was sat when i heard the podcast i was on my way to work ironically to go and work in a job that paid me 20 grand a year um, but maybe pay two, maybe pay two million in like a lifetime of working there. Well, so I was thinking like, okay, so in the organisation I was in, the partner who was you know late fifties, early sixties, who'd been there his entire life, still wasn't earning even like a quarter of what John had made in a weekend. So I was like, all right, something to that. And then the second thing, I won't say who it is because probably a lot of people have heard of this person, but there was a coach that we were uh, working with at the time who did like a 70 grand, this is in the UK, did a 70 grand launch in three days. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> like there's clearly something here and it's just what kind of I perceive to be possible. So suddenly the wave that's going up and down of like, 
well, it's 20 grand a year this year and then 24 grand and then 26 grand. Or if you're a PT, it's like, well, I've 30 clients, maybe 35 clients, then maybe I'll do a few online. Suddenly it's like, well, I could be doing triple this if I just have a my operating system upgrade and suddenly my my wave of what I perceive to be possible shifts. And then you don't you think like what you're doing is tiny and what you should be doing is up like way up at a different level. But that's just to add on with what you're saying about kind of the negative side of that of your room can only get so messy or you can only get so fat and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I don't think you have to be an exceptional person. It's simply having reference points and proving to yourself that actually you can raise that ceiling and setting your standards higher. So you won't accept below a certain level of performance. Um, I remember a conversation with a patient the other, like a couple of months ago now, the patient had come in. It was a 60, something year old woman who'd had a stroke and she had peripheral vascular disease. So she had multiple um, complications of smoking. She was a heavy smoker. She had some lung lung disease as well, some COPD. And she said to the consultant, like, oh, I just want to go out for a cigarette. And, and the consultant's like, have you not thought about quitting smoking? Like you're in here as a direct consequence of things that you've done from smoking. And like, it's interesting. You see some consultants take the hard cop approach and some don't. And uh, she was like, oh, no, I'll quit on Monday. She was like, you won't quit on Monday. What, when, when you're home and when you're comfortable and all the hospital is distant memory. And, <laughs> you know, she was like, this is the, if you're going to quit, like, do it now. And she was like, oh, but I haven't got the willpower. And, and what was amazing was the the consultant was like, well, I haven't got willpower and I could quit. And if I can do it, I know that you can as well. Like this, is, I was like, oh, man, what a powerful thing to have in your ammo of like, I've been a smoker and I've quit. Oh, they, wow. Yeah. Really cool. Um, now, I know that that's, it's maybe a false um, equivalence because we don't know what traumatic stuff has happened in that person's life that's led them to smoke and how, how powerful the force of, of that is um, and how strong the addiction is and all that stuff. But at, on the face of it, pretty cool. Well, traumas and past and all those things aside like yeah everyone's got the um everyone's got sort of like the the things that that affect their emotions and moods and decisions but all you can ever do is like manage today yeah you know how do i how do i not smoke today or how do i kind of move my business in the right way today So, so that's what adler says he says that rather than seeing life as having dispositions and personality which are kind of fixed by the definition you have lifestyle and lifestyle is always a choice every day. Yeah. So I think the, the final thing I want to talk about with this is, um, I think if you and I met you and I from 2011 now, I think we'd be astounded at how different we are as people. And I think that's like, I mean, we're in danger of getting very woo woo here, but, I think the a lot of a lot of coaches we've had have, have very much hammered home this idea that the problems you have in your business or like the reasons why your business succeed or fail are often reflections of your own problems or failures or or, or, or um, aspects of success. So like if you're a very consistent person, if you're very organized, if you're very disciplined, um, if you're good at dealing with things in, in spite of emotional uh, difficulties, your business will probably reflect those things in the same way. If you're emotionally all over the place, um, your business will reflect that as well. It's not even a woo-woo thing to, to say. Like, of course, the effects of your behaviour, which are your relationships, your business, your your work, everything, are going to be coming from who you are as a person. Yeah. And so, if you're if you cut corners all the time, then you're going to see corners being cut in everything that you do. What would you say to 2012 Yusuf? Stop trying to be so, um, stop trying to be clever. Stop trying to do it on your own and um, just like fi- figure things out from first principles and just follow a, a process, like be a bit more humble and just be like, okay, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to model someone who is doing it well and just make it my own. Yeah. The humble things 
a big a big one because it's I, I've I've spoken to people on the phone quite a few times over the last year who have said variations on a theme of um, I'm just I just feel like I should be doing better like I know this other PT who's a much worse trainer than me and they are doing better than me financially and I've even heard people say like you know I'm I think I'm a bit of a I think I'm a bit of a hidden treasure and I think I'm a bit special and like the truth is is that the person who you think is worse and who is doing better probably doesn't think they are better than you I mean it's sweeping generalizations but like they, they probably have they the probably, opposite imposter syndrome. They, yeah they probably think they're terrible <laughs> and so like and i think the uh, our clients who who like go through our programs the quickest on both fitness and business we've spoken about this quite a lot don't come into it with this sense of bravado and of like i know i know better than this and they kind of like look at the program and go oh they're, they're doing this wrong they just go all right well these are the steps i'll just do the steps as quickly as i can and even if it doesn't work exactly as they say it's like well they followed the steps so we can help them troubleshoot the steps not saying that we have all the answers, but like we have a framework which has come from ten years of thinking we were <laughs> thinking we were brilliant, realize or thinking we could figure it out on our own, having it shoved in our faces that we couldn't figure it out on our own, try lots of different coaches, thinking we'd hire the best coach, realizing that we hadn't, hiring another one, et cetera, et cetera. And you eventually end at this like toolbox of like, well, that's probably the best way. So it's better than no experience. But yeah, I think realizing that you could probably learn from everybody in some way like everybody with an opinion or in this world has probably got something useful to say you're never better than people as much as you think you you can even learn from people whose results you don't want yeah um, because it might be a lesson in how not to do something or it could be a lesson in ah if i do that it gets that result but that's that result is good for them but it's not in line with my goals and so creating that framework and being like i think learning lessons vicariously like my brother and sister are erratic volatile people and they have made a lot of silly mistakes in their life and luckily i've been able to look at them and think ah you know what? i don't need to go and also run my head and hit that brick wall with my head to figure mm. out that it hurts like i'm happy to take their word for it and avoid that mistake I want to talk in a in another episode about um, about meditating because I think that there's I think you specifically have stopped us from doing things in the past because of your ability to separate from thoughts and narrative. I think sometimes. Like, <laughs> well, you've always been way ahead of me on that perspective. So, like back in. 2012 i can remember things like fully sweeping me away emotionally and you were just sort of standing in the middle going no i think it's okay <laughs> i think and i was that, quite deep in the meditation hole at that point you well. were yeah yeah but I, I, that's so important especially if you're doing it on your own um realizing that like if you're working a nine to five job or you're an offline pt and you're very busy and you're about to take on something else i think that the end game is absolutely absolutely worth it but in, it's not going to be this like brilliant, fun all the time, never any problems, never any worries pursuit. Um, but then neither is a nine to five job. So there we are. The, like the Mark Manson advice of choosing your choosing your fucks, isn't it? Excuse my French. Th this is yeah, it's, cho it's choosing the fucks. Like I suppose to come around to what we were saying earlier that the nine to five job, if it's not fulfilling you and if it's not providing you with like a, a kind of career growth that you want to be in 10 20 years time then it's also the the safe option of i'm staying in this world because it suits my current purposes and goals and i'm happy to accept the lack of upside and lack of growth and lack of creative outlet because it gives me the security and the mundanity that that i'm that i feel safe in so it, yeah it is picking which problem you want to have like i don't think either of them are without suffering they both have a significant amount of suffering and at the end of the day as johnny said like your your human suffering is determined by the inner work that you do not really by the stuff that goes on outside and if you do the inner work it'll manifest as a better outer life whichever path you choose 
Yeah. And I think a, a business is going to be more of a, there's more of a direct representation because you're in control of the business, right? You make all the decisions or if you're a partnership, like together you make all the decisions. Whereas if you're an employee, you have this kind of ring fenced area where you can express yourself. You're probably not going to bring the company down <laughs> if you don't, if you don't manage your own emotions, maybe you will. Whereas like Yusuf and I on any given day could wake up and do one thing and completely knock it. Like <laughs> take it like right back. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, I think I would like to have heard this episode if I was back work like on my way to Stockton at seven in the morning thinking that was what I needed to hear. And if you'd like our help, just go to probitfitness.com forward slash business podcast or send us an email. Also, I'm going to suggest something for people listening because we are running thin on topics to cover because we've covered everything possible to do with online businesses and so we're going to try a new format send us a voice clip with a question for us if you're happy with your voice being um, played on the podcast if you're not happy you can still send us a voice clip and just say can you please like read this out yourself Um, and you can send it either as a file or using um, Dropbox or Google Drive or anything like that with what you want us to discuss talk about your current situation talk about what your desired situation is and we'll give you some help love that love that idea right well we'll speak to you in the next episode hopefully with loads of voice clips <laughs> want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.